Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everybody into the ESPN FC studios for today's edition of the show. Alongside Craig Burley, Steve Nickel, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us. We do have a lot to get to, but let's start at the top of the German Bundesliga. We had a matchup between number one and number two, and it was not even close. Your league leaders, Bayer Leverkusen, three nothing winners over Bayern Munich. Stanisic on loan from Bayern Munich opened the scoring in the 18th minute. Grimaldo with a goal five minutes after the start of the second half to make it 2-0, and then Frimpong in stoppage time on a breakaway, making it 3-0 Bayer Leverkusen. So what does it mean for the top of the Bundesliga? Well, Bayer Leverkusen, who have never won the league title, now hold a five-point lead over your 11-time defending champions, Bayern Munich. For more, let's send it over to Kay Murray and Ale Moreno. Thanks, Sebi. Leverkusen dominant in all areas on the pitch tonight. So we have to start there with them. A 3-0 win, and it wasn't even close. No, it was not. And we've been talking about this game seemingly forever. And I mean forever. And you thought, since we've been talking about it, you would have to imagine that both Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich would be ready to play this match. Bayer Leverkusen were ready to play this match. Bayern Munich, ah, yeah, not so much. This was a backside whooping. And I mean a whooping from Bayer Leverkusen. There was only one team on the field. This was a monologue of Bayer Leverkusen. They won it 3-0. Could have been more. Should have been more. There's only one team on the field. That's Bayer Leverkusen. Bayern Munich, on the other hand, uh, just 11 guys running around without a plan, without structure, without organization. Yeah, no chance they were going to be able to pull out this match today. So let's get to Bayern. Did the problem start before a ball had even been kicked with the lineup? Absolutely. And we were talking about it. What's going on here? Bayern Munich, big, mighty, bad Bayern Munich. They show up at Bayer Leverkusen and they change for Bayer Leverkusen. It's a concession of Thomas Tuchel in saying, what we consider to be our best, the way that we've been playing, is not good enough against Bayer Leverkusen. So we're going to change tactically our formation. We're going to change our personnel. And in changing, you're conceding to Bayer Leverkusen, who, by the way, did not change. They didn't change. They know who they are. They know their identity as a group. They know what they believe in on the field. They believe in the execution. They believe in Xavi Alonso. Xavi Alonso believes in the players. He made some changes in terms of personnel because he wanted more pressure higher on the field. Those guys were able to do that. They exploited some of the frailties that Bayern Munich have in transition. It was all Bayer Leverkusen. It was all Xavi Alonso. It was nothing of Bayern Munich, and certainly nothing from Thomas Tuchel. What does a five-point lead on top of Bayern mean now for Bayern? Well, for Bayern Leverkusen, I think it's just confirmation of what we already know, that this is a team that is significantly better than everybody else in Bundesliga. They have been, but we kind of, we were sort of kind of thinking, hesitant, maybe, you know, Bayern Munich. They have a comeback. They have a reaction. Today was supposed to be that reaction. It wasn't. Nowhere near a reaction from Bayern Munich. And so what you see from Bayer Leverkusen, if you're Xavi Alonso, 
Just continue to do the things that you're doing because that's going to be certainly more than enough, more than plenty to win this league. As for Bayern Munich, what you're doing right now does not work. And there doesn't seem to be a plan. There doesn't seem to be structure. We don't really know what version of Bayern Munich is going to show up. And what we know for certain, based on the evidence, is that in the big games, at least, based on what we saw today. The big name players from Bayern Munich, nowhere to be found. Harry Kane, nowhere to be found. Leroy Sané, nothing. Musiala, nothing. Kimmich, on the bench. The defenders, no thanks. Across the board, an incredibly poor performance from Bayern Munich and a really dominant performance from Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, Bayern Munich have got some catching up to do. The problem for them is that Bayer Leverkusen are unbeaten all season and they know very well mm. that even they haven't been able to beat them. Back to you, Seb. All right, there we have it. So it sounds like Thomas Tuchel getting a lot of the heat. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think there's an argument to say they've gone backwards since, since they brought him in. I mean, clearly Nagelsmann wasn't the apple of everyone's eye. But he'll say, well, I wasn't given enough time. They brought Tuchel in. They, they, they fell over the line last year as Dortmund mm -hmm. basically handed them the, uh, the title right at the death uh, rather than Bayern actually going out and winning it. They bring in the best defender in Italy, the South Korean in Kim. They bring in one of the best strikers in world football in Harry Kane, break a club record transfer fee to do it. And yet somehow it's never felt he's, he's happy, he's moaning, groaning. Ali mentioned uh, Kimmich there, who has been out with a shoulder injury, but was available again. He clearly doesn't fancy him. And I mean, he's a good player, mm -hmm. really, really good player. But he's gone with Goretzka and Pavlovich. Goretzka, who he also doesn't fancy, but more importantly, he changes to a back three. And if you're, you know, I'm not a Matthias Delet huge fan, I have to be honest. But when Eric Dyer's coming in, right, and he is probably fifth choice centre back at Tottenham, and he's keeping you out the side, that's, that's, that's time to knock down the manager's door and say, you really don't fancy me. And the fact that he did change to the back three, when I've not seen them do that all year, made me say that think that he was just just thinking about what Leverkusen they're going to do or oh, they're going to do it right they play a three they're wing backs they're going to do so we need to instead of just doing his own thing mm. right he didn't try to second guess himself they were all over the place they had one shot on target I think in the whole game people were talking about Sani's attitude which is no no surprise uh, they've got a lot of work to do a lot of work to do uh, can't see, I, I just don't I don't see Thomas Tuchel managing this club next year. Hmm. They're, they're in trouble. Big trouble. When, when you are the manager of Bayern Munich and you go into a game and you make these types of changes and this many changes, mm -hmm. you, ch you pretty much change everything. The way you play, the way you set up, that tells you that what you've been doing, you think it stinks. You're desperate. You're desperate. You don't. You know that if you do what you've been doing, you're going to lose. And so you go to these lands by completely changing it and changing the personnel. I mean, the Dyer, the Dyer example is absolutely perfect of a manager who really doesn't know what's best for this team and he's searching. Mm. And that's big trouble. I mean, Bayer Leverkusen haven't lost a game. They're going to have to lose at least two between now and the end of the season. Do you really think Bayern ain't going to be losing games between now and the end of the season? They absolutely are. They, they remind me a little bit like Chelsea. They've got names on the back of the jerseys that we all know, but they can't, they can't produce to save their life. And, and by the way, Boniface, the, the, the informed 
Leverkusen striker has been out now for what? Couple months. months. No Ezekiel Palacios, World Cup winner today. So this wasn't a full strength Leverkusen. I mean, there were some guys missing for Bayern Munich too. No, I get it. Patrick Schick is on the bench. But this is a football team though, that's the difference. This is a, this is a team that's but you look at those names and you think, okay, you look at the Bayern names and you go, why are, to the manager then? Why are Leverkusen in that position they are? The answer is yes. Yeah. Coaching. Now Thomas Tuchel's gone back in with this great reputation. But actually the football that they're playing is very much what we were witnessing for long periods at Chelsea, which is quite pedestrian and slow and the build-up to it. And I mentioned it uh, on Friday, uh, or at the end of the week. One against Gladbach last week, didn't play well. One against Augsburg the week or so before, did not play well. They have not been playing well, mm -hmm. right? They're hanging by a thread here in the Bundesliga. They're in the Champions League, but does anybody really fancy them? They're already out of the Poco, by the way. And that was a shock to a lower league uh, opposition. I mean, there are so many things pointing to the fact that Uli Honus and, and, and Karol Heinz Rummenigge and these people upstairs that our colleague Jan Agafiotov usually calls some very funny names, they're not going to be sitting going, oh, this is great. Tuchel is, if he doesn't get results and get them soon, yeah. he isn't even going to last to the end of the season. Never mind managing next season, as I said earlier. Uh, I want to talk Champions League, but just as far as the league's concerned, I mean, we're, we're really drawing a pretty dark picture for Bayern Munich. Is it over? You think it's Leverkusen's league now? Oh, it's Leverkusen's to lose. Let's put it that way. It's theirs to lose. They are, they are going to have to go away from all the things they've been doing all season, which seems unthinkable. So basically barring total collapse. Absolutely. That's what Listen, you're saying. The biggest game, the biggest game in Bayer Leverkusen's, what, for a decade? At Maybe least, even more. Yeah. yeah. And what did I mean, they if they're going to win, it's the biggest game. Yeah. And what did they do? They Smash absolutely them. showed composure, quality. They got every single thing right. There was no panic. This wasn't out, the, out of the ordinary. It was just another game for them. And they played the football and they walked all over Bayern Munich. You look at Bayern Munich, how are they, they going to sort themselves out from here? With no idea. Absolutely, we don't know how they're going to play next game. Is it going to be three at the back again? Is it going to be four? I mean, we have no idea what Tuchel is going to do because right now he's tried everything and nothing's worked. Mm. So 100% by Leverkusen are going to have to have a pile of injuries or something incredible for them not to, to, to just take another step forward from now. What I would say is Germany. And people have found a way yep. to, to lose Basically, if Bayern are not steamrolling everybody, the others have found a way. Now, the upside is, for people that want to see something different uh, than Bayern winning the title, it's not Dortmund. It's not. it's not Borussia Dortmund who are who are the losers of the century when it comes to it. So maybe this is a different story, not having the pressure of the Borussia Dortmund, oh, they, they're just going to throw it away again, that, that Leverkusen are on a... Uh, they're flying, they're playing great, they've got a young manager who everybody's talking about who this team believe in. Mm. But I think the fact that we're at this stage of the season and, and they're unbeaten is, is, is something to behold. Mm. Uh, 
But yeah, one manager's got a lot of thinking to do mm -hmm. and the other manager's just thinking about keeping his players' feet on the ground and steamrolling forward. Yeah, maybe thinking about his uh, next job. Uh, well, not thinking about the Liverpool job just yet, just in case. Uh, we got some big Bundesliga matches here on ESPN Plus tomorrow. Stuttgart against Mainz. That one kicks off at 9.30 a.m. in the morning. And then Hoffenheim, led by the American manager Pellegrino Matarazzo, hosting Cologne. That one, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning here on ESPN Plus. Number one versus number two in Spain did not go according to the script. Real Madrid 4-0 winners over Girona. Vinicius Jr. opening the scoring in the sixth minute. A brace for Jude Bellingham. Rodrigo finishing off the scoring in the 61st to make it 4-0. And at the top of the Spanish top flight, there's now a bit of a gap between Real Madrid and the team currently in second place, Girona. For more on this, we welcome into the show Luis Garcia. Uh, look, Luis, I don't think anybody is surprised that Real Madrid won this game. But to win it 4 nothing, how did they do it against the Girona side that has surprised us all season long? Yes, when we were watching the game, we thought that Girona was going to arrive to the Bernabeu and show that character, that personality that we've seen so far during the whole season. Mitchell's team is one of those that we enjoy the most because of the style of play. So versatile, very, very dynamic with the wings that they are very aggressive on 1v1 situations. With a fantastic striker, Dobbix, so far 14 goals of the season. Tsigankov was also a, a very important player on the right side, but we didn't see anything of that. We saw a team that they had so many doubts, that didn't know how to control the, the players on the wide areas, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo, a team that when he was in the last day, he didn't manage to find the, the, the player who is in, in the best form, that is Dobik, the Ukrainian player as a striker. So in the end, we saw a very good uh, performance from uh, Real Madrid. We are not going to take any credit from Ancelotti's uh, system today or idea or, or, or plan that he put on, on paper, but definitely the players bring the A game. Uh, they show us that the, the, they knew how important it was to win this game, to make the gap bigger with the second team on the on the race and definitely they showed that Vinicius was outstanding Bellingham as always uh, in that role as I said the forward and uh, I think overall the rest of the team did a fantastic job even with a team that the play he was playing without center back something that I think we have to 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 highlight because a team that has not that partnership at the back didn't receive or concede even one shot on target so that shows how Real Madrid beat today and overrun this year on a side and we're not talking about backup center backs here. We're talking about guys who do not play the position. Chouameni and Carvajal, you're starting central defenders today. How much credit does Carlo Ancelotti get for sorting they, this they all did out? It. Real Madrid did a great job of keeping Girona away from those central defenders. They, they really didn't allow any support up to Dovbik, the big Ukrainian who's been in great form. He was back in the team. Uh, Ancelotti got it tactically right in terms of... Rodrigo and, and Vinicius Jr. played a lot wider than they have been. They almost played right on the touchlines and that stopped the two fullbacks getting forward, which has been a big part of the arsenal for, for, for Girona. And I think the disappointing thing is, is that it really wasn't a contest. And I think when we get to the German segment with Leverkusen and Bayern, I think it's a similar scenario, but maybe more surprising from, from that one than, than this one a little bit, because Girona, are, 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 it's been a special story, but... I just felt that the way they've played since actually that 3-0 defeat against Real Madrid mm -hmm. at home, they've got better. And I thought they would have learned from that. And yeah, they were missing a couple of key players, but, but boy, they, they, I, I think they've saved one of their worst performances of the season 
for one of the biggest games of the season, and that's unfortunate. At the same time, you've got to say that Real Madrid were great. Yeah, and their I big mean, names were great, especially today. Right? Yeah, I mean, from Camavinga forward, they just, they just didn't give Girona a sniff. Mm. And, and Camavinga did absolutely everything in this game other than score. You know, when he broke it up and then gave it to Vinny or Bellingham or Rodrigo, they looked as though they were going to score every time they went forward. They were just, I mean, they couldn't handle the pace. I mean, Eric Garcia just couldn't handle the pace of, of never mind Rodrigo or, or, or Vinny, but, I mean, Bellingham. Just strong running. They couldn't handle him. And, and it was just probably, probably as good a performance as Real Madrid have had in the league all season. Well, my opinion. If you look at this balance of this Real Madrid midfield, before we even get to the front two, mm -hmm. they have Camavinga, as Stevie mentioned, who's gaining in confidence, he's fit again. He, he can do a bit of everything. Can tackle, can get forward, can play left back as we know. Uh, he's fast. And then you've got Tony Cross, who is the archetypical let the ball do the work, <laughs> doesn't have to run about, pass the ball for fun. Yep. And you've got Freddy Valverde, who hasn't got the subtleties of those players, but has got probably one of the best engines in Spain. Mm -hmm. And then Bellingham, who does a bit of everything and scores goals. So when you look at the makeup of that midfield, it's got a little bit of everything in there. And it's sort of glued together at times by Tony Cross, who didn't have to be spectacular today, but is just an amazing player. And then, of course, you know, we talk about Bellingham and then the front two which was two wide players today. So that, you know, when, when, when you looked at the game and you thought, right, Chouameni's having to go back in there. Last weekend, it, it, was, it was Nacho and Carvajal when, when they lost that late goal to Atleti. It's Chouameni and Carvajal, Dovbik's back. And Lewis and I, we talked about this before the game live. Crosses, crosses, crosses from the wide area, put them under pressure, and Savino had one of his quietest games he has had for a long time. So Artem Dovbik up front had nothing really to go on all game. And so this back line of, uh, of Real Madrid really wasn't tested. And Lunin hardly touched the ball. Yep. He hardly had to touch the ball and go for Real Madrid. So great from them. But ultimately, I think it's signalling that this title race pretty much could be over. Mm. Luis, you agree with that? We talked about it in the pregame. Everybody, I think yourself included, Carlo Ancelotti saying, no, 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 this isn't the title decider here. I mean, it looked pretty clear over those 90 minutes who's going to be the best team in La Liga when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's true. And it looked from the beginning of the season. This Real Madrid has been a weekend, a week in and week out, just winning for fun. Even in the, day, in the days that they, they've been missing players as a Vinicius Junior or Militao or in the middle of Bellingham when he was injured, the, play, the players who were replaced, they were bringing a fantastic performances, delivering what Ancelotti was asking for. And uh, since uh, maybe not long ago, we thought that maybe the race between Girona and Real Madrid will last a little bit longer. But I think today, I think Real Madrid just uh, um, proved a point that he's uh, the best team right now in, in La Liga. They are so much confident. Guys, you were talking about the midfield of Real Madrid. Cruz co uh, completed 63 passes of 64. That shows that that, that confident that, uh, that the tempo that this kid is, is, is having at the moment. So the, the whole team shows that they, are, they look strong and they are with half of the team injured. So that shows that they are going to be very solid, that they don't look um, that they're going to have maybe a low or, or, or a moment that 
uh, Girona can can use to to close the gap. So I think that this even can be again bigger, bigger depending on the the reaction of Girona in the coming months. But I think that right now I don't see any other team just challenging Real Madrid until the end of the season. Mm. If I asked you to pick a man of the match today between Vinicius and Jude Bellingham, who would you go with? Ooh, I think I would just go with Vinicius. Mm. Just struggle with that one. Well, because you've got, you've got two goals in the biggest game of the season, mm -hmm. but you're not getting man of the match. I mean, the, the, that, ball, that ball from Vinicius is absolutely spot on. That's a Jude Bellingham pass. What, I mean, we've I seen mean, that before from him. It's, it's in the perfect spot. It's got the right weight on it. I mean, it's just frightening. Look at this. Three defenders. Two here. Leaves them trailing. Eric Garcia doesn't know where to come, stay, go, drop off. It's no idea. And in the end, the goalkeeper's made a great save. And, and the man with the brains, Bellingham, always in the right place, right time, just rolls the ball home. So I think Vinny just snuck it for me. He scored the first one. Yep. He set up the second with the pass of the weekend, for sure. He set up the third with that great run, mm -hmm. and he set up the fourth with defense. for Rodrigo by winning the ball back. Yeah. So, Do you think Mbappé noticed him winning the ball back today? <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Food for thought. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, what about the Champions League? Of course, uh, Real Madrid uh, look like they're in a pretty solid position when it comes to the league, but uh, in Champions League, which we know is uh, kicking off next week, round of 16. I think they'll legs. be okay. I, I think they'll be okay Against defensively. Leipzig. They should be over yeah. two games. I th when it gets to the real business end of the Champions League, you know, quarters, semis, if indeed they get there, which I expect mm -hmm. them to do, then they're going to need to get uh, one or two of those centre-halves back, uh, particularly Antonio Rudiger, who's the closest to coming back, along with Nacho, otherwise they're going to be toast. What do you think is the big concern for Real Madrid as they think ahead to the Champions League and that better competition? Because they certainly weren't just, tested just today. Just exactly what Craig's been talking about. You told about. me that graphic would be fixed by the time we came here. I thought it might have adjusted. I Stevie, guess the odds makers must be asleep. We're not having, uh, we're not having Bayern Munich as second favourites. We're refusing. Huh? Yeah, I just noticed that. So I, no, I think we'd all have City ahead of Real Madrid. Is there anybody else you'd have ahead of them? No. Not Arsenal, not Bayern Munich? No. Really? No, not at all. No. The, the, the key for them is the centre-back position, getting people back. Because against proper teams, they won't be able to deny the ball and space and time, and, and they're not going to be able to, to stop City, for example, from getting in the penalty box. And that's when you need your, your real centre-backs to be in the right, the right place at the right time, making good decisions. You can't, you can't play against a City or an Arsenal mm. with, with two guys out of position at centre-back. You just can't do it. You, you don't win the Champions League with that in your team. So that is the only concern. Because the rest of it, what we saw today... Frightening. You don't want to. You don't want. Do you think they better stop the service to say, say it was Dovbic today? Big, big, strong lad up front has been scoring goals. If it's City, it's if he's fit, it's Haaland. Yeah. Right. He's getting. He listen. They, they ain't stopping the service to Haaland. So it's how they would be able to cope with that. And you know, I think Chuma. If they don't get those guys back. Yeah. That's, that's a big well, problem. There was some hope that Rudiger would play today. There's actually now a report out of Spain. He might be out a couple weeks. So who knows how long uh, that could go. Luis, to that point, um, how big of an issue are these defensive concerns, these injuries, if they're still lingering when we get to those big Champions League games for Real Madrid? Do you think that could be their undoing? Yes, of course, it's a, it's a concern for Real Madrid because uh, the guys are talking. Uh, when you are going to face the best of the best uh, in the, the 
highest competitions, you know that the one mistake is going to make you be out of the of the Champions League, and you cannot allow that. We saw what happened against Atletico in Madrid. There was some struggle between Nacho and Carvajal because of the misunderstanding, because they are not in the position. Nacho is, is used to play more in that position, but Carvajal not at all today. He wasn't tested at all, not even once. I think a couple of times Dobby was trying to hold him a little bit and play as a, as a number nine, as a, as a, as a player who is going to hold a layoff. But when you play and you guys are talking Harry Kane or Haaland or players who are physically strong, who are got players around them, they're going to feed them with with balls. I think they, they can struggle so much. Uh, but today we cannot even uh, make an argument because they were not tested. But um, I think it's going to be an issue with uh, with teams that the transition can be uh, quicker, can get, make faster transition in attack. I think this uh, Real Madrid can struggle a little bit. But again, we've been talking. So far, they've done an amazing job. It doesn't matter who is in the middle because we've seen Chouameni playing as a centre-back. We've seen uh, Nacho, we've seen Carvajal. We've seen so many different partnerships in the, uh, at the back. And all of them have managed to go through and, and get the results. So, yeah, Real Madrid is going to play against Leipzig. The first one away, the second one at home. So I think that, once again, they're going to be favourite to go through. Real Madrid then looking ahead to the Champions League after their 4 nothing win over second place Girona. Thank you very much, Luis. A couple of Luis's former employers in action Sunday here on ESPN. Barcelona taking on Granada. That's a 2.30 p.m. Eastern time start. And then Atletico de Madrid taking on Sevilla. That one, a noon Eastern time start here on ESPN+. Plus. All right, we've been running our ESPN Plus La Liga sweepstakes now for almost a month. And this week's contest features Sevilla and Atletico Madrid. And what we want you to do is submit your all-time combined five-a-side team featuring Sevilla and Atleti players for a chance to win a La Liga jersey. And when you enter that, you'll also be automatically included in our grand prize, a trip to San Sebastián this April to see Real Sociedad host Real Madrid in person. Head on over to ESPN Plus Soccer Sweepstakes. Dot com to enter. The contest, by the way, ends on Sunday night. So get your entries in ASAP. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
In the Premier League, Manchester City 2-0 winners over Everton, but it did not come easy. Had to wait till the 71st minute to break the deadlock. Erling Holland with a brace in this game as he goes now to 16 Premier League goals on the season. Joining us for more on this, our good friend and colleague, Frank LeBeouf. I mean, as the guys were saying, Frank, City just getting it done. What took 71 minutes for them to break down Everton? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, was a, it was 70 minutes of painfulness, I would say, from Manchester City. Um, not only due to uh, their maybe their sloppiness, it's also due to, due to the, the toughies who did the job. They, they defended very well. Defending is also an art, and, uh, and Sean Dyke did very well with the guys, and uh, they worked hard. They knew exactly what to do. And uh, only Doku uh, offered some, uh, some situation for City. But there are no shots on targets, as TV said. They had to wait for the 72nd minute to, to, uh, to, to get the, the goal and the shot on target. It, was, it wasn't as expected. But again, you know, uh, they played against a, a, very, a very courageous team. Um, and uh, we have credit to give credit to, uh, to the Toffees. But it's not enough. But we, are, we can see that Liverpool last week struggled against Arsenal. Didn't have a good game. Arsenal did very well. But Liverpool had an awful game, maybe the worst. It was maybe one of the worst games that I've seen mm. from City this season. Uh, and uh, they, got the, they got the job done. They, they got the result. Uh, Alan is back. Uh, it's also maybe because of the individuals. Uh, Walk, when Walker, Silva and uh, De Bruyne came on, it was, it was the beginning of a different game for sure. I mean, that's so, really it, right? The bench, being able to bring those yeah, guys well, it was it was the same last oh, week. Wow. It was the same last week we went through the bench and it was like, was it the Brentford game? It was the Brentford game where they they, they won comfortable in the end with the uh, with the Phil Foden hat trick, but where they just pummeled Brentford for long periods. And you looked at the bench and went, "Holy smokes!" Uh, I don't think there's any doubt this is not the strongest side. If they were playing a huge big game tomorrow, one of the th- I, I don't think maybe I'm wrong here. I, I I've not seen Mateus Nunez have a good game yet. Mm. I've just not seen it. So that, that sort of signing, and I know they wanted Pakita from West Ham and he was the guy they got because the Pakita uh, situation uh, fell apart for various reasons. But I've not seen Nunez having a game off every time I see him play for City, he gets, he gets dragged off. But they'll just say it was another three points, job done. They went to the top of the league at this point this morning before the others played. But it, 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 it wasn't good. But you get the feeling City saved themselves for the big games, don't they? Yeah. And Everton did a decent job. Mm of keeping it narrow, not, in allow, not allowing them to play through the middle. Uh, Tarkovsky and Branthwaite at the back, um, you know, been pretty solid for the most part. And Adrisa Ganagay working hard in the middle of the park, but they offered nothing going the other way. That was the big problem. I mean, Calvert-Lewin, oh my God. Ooh. What about Erling Haaland in this? I mean, such a long layoff, comes right back, almost like he never missed a day. Are you surprised? No, no, I mean, it's, not, it's just not. Maybe I'm surprised it took 71 <laughs> minutes. It's just not a surprise. Every single time the ball comes near and you think he's going to score. Every single time. Yeah. And generally, he does. So, yeah. Listen, in February, all you got to do is win. Nobody gives a stuff. Whether you're silky or whether you're dominant or whatever. The only thing that matters is the three points. You called it their poorest performance earlier today on the Absolutely. website. Absolutely. There's no question. I would love somebody to call up and tell me the last time it took Manchester City 71 minutes to get shot on target. So what does it say when your poorest performance is also a comfortable win? It tells you how good you are. Yeah. Have we got a phone-in <laughs> service now? <laughs> Somebody calling up. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, is there a phone somewhere in here? We're a hotline. 
The only, we can, can organise it. Don't worry about that. I mean, the only problem here is everybody had to get up. Even worse if you Aye. lived in the West yeah. Coast and you had to get up Aye. at 4.30 in the morning to watch this because <laughs> it was, it, yeah. you know, right back drab. to sleep. It was just a drab city performance, mm. but... Well, they won. The only thing he's looking at is... And, you know, when he turns to his bench. Kevin, Jack, yeah, exactly. Bernardo... You want to talk about problem Scary. solvers? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Huge result for Spurs Saturday in the Premier League as they come from behind to beat Brighton 2-1. Pascal Gross scoring from the penalty spot in the 17th minute for Brighton. Second half comeback started with Pape Sar in the 61st minute and then Brennan Johnson with the game winner in the 6th minute of stoppage time off an assist from Hung Min San back from the Asian Cup. Big three points there for Spurs. Big three points for Liverpool as well as they went 3-1 over Burnley to go back atop the league after City had picked up their three points earlier. Diogo Jota, Luis Diaz and Darwin Nunez. Your goal scores for Liverpool. Dar O'Shea with a lone goal on the day for Burnley. Stevie, any nerves in this one, especially at 1-1? Yeah. Yeah, because they, they, they couldn't put the game away and they kept, they kept letting is that down to Burnley, or was there an issue with Liverpool? No, no, a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, Burnley started the game really well, actually. It took Liverpool 20 minutes to get settled. But then once they got settled and they went ahead, they looked really comfortable until that fantastic header. And then the second half, I, I, again, was similar. They go 2-1 up, and you think, you know what, they're really comfortable again. And then they give a couple of chances away within the space of three or four minutes, and all of a sudden, the whole stadium gets a little, a little unsure again. But then they, they, they get the third goal with Nunes and that was it. It was game set and match. But it was a little, a wee, a wee, it was a child's roller coaster ride. It wasn't a big one. The ones I can get on. Yeah, but, I on. Yeah, yeah. but you get <laughs> scared on them as well, do you not? Well, I do, I. And I was scared today. <laughs> they got a goal from everybody in their front three. I mean, Jota's scary. More, right? we, him and I have talked about this before. Jota's scary. He's got this knack. Not only of timing his runs into the box and his finishing is usually pretty good, which we can't always say about Nunes, but they're different players. But how he wins so many headers. You ever play with a guy like that? A guy who like didn't fit the mold as an aerial ball winner, but just did it all the time anyway. I just he really is unique. I just hate when you put me in these spots. Yeah. Soccer talk. <laughs> I don't know. That memory. But he is, he is unique, and you know, he's, when he came in from Wolves, I don't know where it was, two or three years ago. Now you, you think at the time, what is he really going to bring? But the other thing with him is, and I've, I think I said this before, whether he plays from the start, comes off the bench, or whatever, he, he never. Seem, you never seem to hear him moaning. And so he's the kind of guy that mm. Klopp is able to rely on. So if somebody's injured or Salah's away or somebody's not in form, 
Jota plays, he usually plays well, he usually chips in with assists and goals. If you need him to come off the bench, he does that as well. He's a bit of a soldier in there. He's a, I mean, I wouldn't want to call him a squad player because he's better than that. Mm. But if he's not in the team, he's not somebody that you hear moaning and groaning and being in the papers, oh, I want to leave, I want to do this. He just gets on with it and he's an absolute diamond for them. So there you have it. Uh, Liverpool 3-1 winners over Burnley to go, at least for the moment, back atop the Premier League. Let's check on, on Spurs and Brighton. Frank, it wasn't pretty, but a big win for Spurs, especially the bounce back after last week's disappointing draw where they dropped points in the last minutes. It was crucial for them to get back into confidence and to, uh, and to win that game. It wasn't easy. The first 15 minutes, I tell you, Brighton, they were over uh, Spurs and uh, and. Uh, I didn't see that coming, uh, but uh, uh, Spurs reacted very well. They had some possibilities to score, but Richarlison was so clumsy on the last pass, for example, on the assist, as we call it. Uh, but, but again, you know, you have sometimes, you know, some geniuses uh, in that uh, in that team offensively, uh, and they do what they have to do. And, and really, I call them the Suns family. You know, Madison, Richarlison, Human Son, and now Johnson. They all do the job at front, and it's very entertaining. And the last goal, it's just a beauty. I mean, how it comes, the pace that uh, that uh, that it goes to, and and the finishing, everything's perfect. Yeah, they don't deserve to win. I, say, I think today they don't deserve to win, but they did. Manchester City didn't deserve today uh, to win, but they did. So it's always the three points that counts and, uh, and, uh, and get the confidence back for, for Spurs is really crucial. I still see some Spurs fans moaning. About? Oh, the substitutions. Oh, the... Yeah. You know, why are they saying them? Oh, we're losing late goals. Look where they're sitting in the league, for mm-hmm. God's sake. Look at the football they're playing compared to where you've come from. The manager's been in the job, what? Seven months, eight months, at most, lost, lost the best striker in Europe at the time in Harry Kane. Has had injury problems all over the place. They're, they're sitting fourth. It's a complete revolution, isn't it? Would you back them to finish fourth? Would I back them? I'd back them ahead of Aston Villa. I think they're running out of steam. Okay. I think I mean, Villa. They're way ahead of Man United. Would you back them ahead of Man United? Yes. Okay. I think. My, I think. So Man you United. are basic. I mean, because other than that, you've got to. Well, work. Man United have had a good, have had a decent run of results. Whether that can keep going remains to be seen. Villa, I thought, were in pole position, but the last month they've started to look jaded, right? That, we've seen that in their performances. They've lost at home now to Newcastle and last time out against, uh, who was it? Chelsea. Chelsea, which is a big surprise in the FA Cup. I mean, they made Chelsea, Villa, look, look yeah. very good, and we know they haven't been. So I think Tottenham, with all those guys coming back, coming back from the, the, you know, the Asian Cup and the African Cup of Nations, coming back from injury, Van de Ven... Uh, getting Bentoncourt, keeping him fit again, bringing in an extra body in, in Timo Werner. Uh, they've got options, and and yeah, I think they're looking good for fourth. What is to complain about that? Possible fourth place and playing some of the best football in the Premier League compared to what? Finishing eighth last year and people had to get behind the <laughs> sofa when Spurs were playing. They were that bad. But yet you seem can never can please everybody. You agree, Stevie, that they're, they're right now the leader in the clubhouse or the favourite to finish fourth? Listen, Villa's got a problem. If something happens to Ollie Watkins, they're done. Mm. I mean, Spurs have got options up front. It's, it's you know, Postacoglu's thinking, who do I leave out? That's not what Unai Emery's thinking. He's thinking, how do I keep this guy fit? I mean, that's basically it. So, yeah, that situation, Tottenham, no question. I mean, favorite. Spurs have coped without Sarr and Basuma. Mm-hmm. 
by Bentoncourt coming back, by Skip coming in, by Hoiberg coming in. They're not, it's not an ideal scenario, but they've, they've coped. Spurs are already, uh, Villa are already struggling because Douglas Louise and John McGinn look tired, yeah. right? Never mind that they've not had them in the team and they've had to cope without them. They couldn't. They just don't have the players to come in. Dendonka's not going to come in and do the same job. And Bubakar Kamara in the last game against Chelsea was, was horrendous. So I, I think there's a lot of work to do there for, for Unai Emery, who's had a lot of plaudits. But I think if Postacoglu was to get this Spurs team in the Champions League in his first year, mm. with all the problems and playing in the manner in which they have, it would be some achievement. Mm. Yeah, that's so the uh, race for the Premier League top four well and on. What about at the bottom of the table? Big uh, six-pointer in the relegation zone tonight. Uh, Luton Town taking on Sheffield. Sheffield 3-1 winners. Uh, Archer, McAtee, and Vinicius, your goal scorers for Sheffield. Carlton Morris with the uh, one goal for Luton, that one. Seven minutes into the second half. What does it mean at the uh, bottom of the table where right now Luton in 17th, Everton, Burnley, and Sheffield United there. Uh, in your bottom three. Well, Everton could get jettisoned just by the points alone. They've already been taking 10 off and there could be more coming. Nottingham Forest are in the same boat. So that win today for Sheffield United at least keeps it somewhat alive. I mean, but you got to that figure loss, that they're going down. Do right? you think that loss for Luton was bigger than Sheffield's win? Yeah, Sheffield's not coming back. Sheffield's yard, not, yeah. Regardless yeah. of what Sheffield won. Sheffield and Burnley are probably down. Well, particularly for the way Luton, Luton have been playing. For Luton to, to have won this game, would have, it would have thrown them up to about 15th or something. I mean, that would have been such a lift for them. Mm -hmm. But they lost, and now they're still hanging around in fourth bottom. You I mean, think they'll huge. go down? Yes. Yeah? You agree? Who? Luton. Well, I don't know, because, because Everton... It's between them and Everton, basically, and Forest, right? Those three for that last Well, if five. we think Sheffield United... Right, well, hold on. If the consensus is, possibly, that Sheffield United, and this is not a consensus, I would imagine, in parts of Sheffield, right. that they've gone, <laughs> then what about the... What about the possibility for an, another points deduction for Everton on top of the points deduction they have? And the one that's certainly going to come for us way. Yeah. It's like asking how long a piece of string is because the, 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 these two sides, I mean, I'm starting to worry for Everton now. Yeah. I really am. And, and if Forrest get deducted points, which it looks likely, I, I don't think they'll survive either. Yeah. So I've, I've, I'll be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> Who's going to go at this rate? Apart from Sheffield United. Par for the course on this Bummy. show. Bummy. Never par for the course Bummy. on Extra Time, where we always know exactly what's uh, coming down the line. Make sure to check out today's edition of Extra Time. It'll be Craig, Stevie, Frank, and myself taking your questions from social media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Busy day in Syria. Your winners over the weekend so far, Empoli, Lazio, and Inter. Inter, big 4-2 winners in a huge match over Roma, Torino, and Sassuolo playing meanwhile to a 1-1 draw. What does that mean for the top of the 
Serie A table. Well, Inter now with a seven-point lead over Juventus and an 11-point lead over third place AC Milan. Uh, Milan in action on Sunday. Juventus playing on Monday. Don's favorite team. That'll do it for this edition of ESPN FC. Don't go far. Extra time starts right now. everybody, welcome into the ESPN FC studios and this edition of Extra Time. Oh, Craig, up, Stevie, yes. Seb, huh? you're with you and uh, the World Cup winner, Frank LeBeau. You can always tone that down. Also with us from abroad. I could, but then I wouldn't it's give you guys like anything really to make fun a, of. It's not really a much of a... You don't like it. What do you like more or less? That, third place games or third tier goalies? What do you mean? Oh, I don't mind the goalie. At least you get a laugh at the goalie. I don't See mind. the size of the goalie there. I don't mind the goalie. <laughs> I feel like you guys are laughing at me, so there's a, there's a laugh involved. Frank's in dressed in black again today. He was in black the other day. I would I would you know make fun of Frank, but he's so fashionable all the time. I feel like there's a there's probably Don't a reason. make his head any bigger. He's probably got a wardrobe no, department. I don't do it. Oh, I, I, right, I've uh, been keeping my mouth shut, and then when I appear, you you criticize me. So come on, you know. I mean, you played uh, with Craig. You Craig this should Burley. be no surprise to you. All right. Uh, Guess yeah. which trophy and what year yeah. will be Harry Kane's first major trophy? Ooh. Club or country? It's not Next looking year. like this year. Yeah. Next year. Next year? Yeah. Okay. They'll retool and they'll win it next year. They'll win the league. Yeah. Well, Leverkusen's going to lose a manager. They'll probably lose a couple of players okay. and they'll be back to normal. Yeah. And uh, Bayern Munich will retool, mm. get a new manager, and they'll win the league next year. So. Uh, no shot for England to win the Euros this summer? How dare you? <laughs> That was from our producer, by the way, not me. Well, they got a shot. You got a shot. Same as they've had every tournament since '66. Okay. Right. Hopefully they'll bought. Which they won. Oh, if they keep, if they keep on. No, but if they keep on singing, you know, it's coming home. They're not going to win it. Mm. You know, it's a curse. They have to stop that. The jinx. <laughs> Never think it's a good thing to organize like Parade. open top bus routes months or weeks in advance. But the politicians would tell you that if you want to have a parade, you got to, you know, plan ahead. So that's why they do it. Well, don't listen to politicians. Okay. How badly was Tuchel outcoached tonight? I feel like we did uh, five or ten minutes of this on the show. He, he really got criticized. Well, I mean, it's, we can outcoach. What is outcoach? He's just set his team up wrong. He's, set, he's trying to second guess. He's, he's been having a, he's having a tough time. They're not playing great. Mm -hmm. Uh, defensively, they look weak. He's moaned about the midfield. In fact, he's, he's been given quite a lot in his time there. I mean, no manager gets everything they want. Do you know right. what I'm saying? They broke a club transfer record for him, you know. So that's that's something. But he didn't get every piece of the puzzle, and he's let a, quite a few people know about it. So he's kind of threw the blame. He's tried to can he throw the blame away for certain results on what he didn't get, rather than actually what he's got. He's probably better than anybody else in Germany, to be honest. More proof Xabi Alonso should be your uh, next Liverpool manager? Him out coaching Tuchel tonight? Well, the odds are looking pretty good, aren't they? Let's, let, let's be honest. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't out-coach him tonight. He out-coached him all season. Mm. Tuchel's been struggling all season. So this, t today was just a culmination of what's been going on with these, both two these, these two sides all season. Is there any way possible if Leverkusen, even if they don't win the league, I don't know, but if they do win the league, which looks likely that Liverpool wouldn't offer them the job. Mm. Unless they've got something up their sleeve. That's their work, yeah. 
it's it seems like but, a perfect fit. Sorry, sorry. If I can have a word on that, I, I think Xabi Alonso. I've shown during his career as a football player uh, how smart he was, how clever he was, how intelligent he was on the on the field. And you know, you're not um, unbeaten all season long, and you don't win three nil. Which uh, against uh, against Bayern Munich, which is the pinnacle of the season in terms of game, uh, like that, without I think being very much gifted. I think he's gifted. I think that guy has something special, and he showed it today, and he showed it during all season long. And if he goes to Liverpool, I don't see him failing because he's a very good coach. It's but, not, he's, obvi yeah. he's obviously a good coach. The problem, <clears throat> the problem is right. How do you coach when you lose it? Mm. How do you how, how how's your decision making when things are going badly? You're saying That's we haven't the, really seen him test. Oh, we haven't. Like no, he absolutely. But if you tell by the way the team plays, you can is tell that by a the way not to hire a guy. Well, but yeah, he did yeah. that before. Uh, it's, yeah, that that would that would be the only question mark against him, mm. experience, because as I said, when things are going badly, that's when you find out. You know, can you make can you make good decisions when the walls are getting closer and the, the roof's coming down as well? That's the only question against them. Nadim's interior decorator has a question for Frank. The PSG chairman has come out with a statement saying the club is moving away from the Parc de Princes because it's not for sale. Do you think that's a good move or a bad move for PSG? Oh, that's definitely a bad move. Um, um, the Parc des Princes is a beautiful stadium, and uh, it's uh, inside Paris. Uh, and um, I mean, the atmosphere is great. Uh, I know that uh, the Qataris were, you know, pushing and uh, pressurizing uh, the city and the mayor, uh, uh, telling them that he will go to Stade de France. Stade de France is at Saint Denis. It's not in Paris. It's not the same thing. They're not going to fill it up every game with 80,000. Uh, per games, uh, the capacity is as, uh, at, at the Stade de France, so it will be a different club. Paris has to stay at the Parc des Princes. They have to work with the mayor, with the with the city hall, and the, and see how it can be worked uh, and can be done. Because I think Qataris want to make the Parc des Princes bigger, but it's hard. It's very hard because the, it's uh, above the peripheric. It's above kind of the mall way that you can find in London and it's hard because you have buildings around uh, it's like Chelsea in the middle of the city but it's uh, it, it's it is what it is and Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain is uh, is has the duty to stay at the Parc des Princes because is is where they were born never mind all that right never mind all that right how lucky were the French today at the rugby what happened in the rugby for those of us? Oh my god! They were playing the mighty Scotland at Murrayfield. Take the mighty out. And I didn't see it because we've been working. We were working. We were, hard, we were, we're working all day. Lots of games on many TVs. Uh, the but there was a very controversial try Scotland scored at the end. That guess what stuff? Guess what? Had another off day. VAR. The TMO. VAR. Ah, Frank. Uh, yeah, lucky French. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But we we had to complain about the GMO against uh, it was South Africa in semi-final of the World Cup. So uh -huh. I won't complain uh, about that one. Okay. <laughs> Going down the uh, rugby rabbit hole here. Let's go down the pizza rabbit hole. Yesterday was National Pizza Day. Stevie, oh. you're on the record as saying your favorite toppings are 
sausage and pineapple. So we need answers from Craig and Frank. Oh my uh, what are yours? God. Oh my God. He's I don't need your thoughts on his <laughs> favorite topping. I'm giving my thoughts on your his. favorite topping. Because him and, him and Dan Thomas, pineapple on a pizza. Hey? Oh my God, come on. Come on. You can't. I mean, I mean, as if you can make a mistake with a pizza. Let's be honest. You can. You can. You put pineapple you on can. it. Yeah, you can. You oh. can. You can. Ask Gabby. Ask all Italians if you put pineapple on the pizza. They're going to throw the pizza into your face because it's an insult for all just Italians. You snobs don't like, that's what it just is. Just because yeah. you snobs don't think it's etiquette doesn't yeah. mean it's not nice. It's not etiquette. It's horrible. I think you have a progressive palate and just the rest of the world hasn't caught yeah, the question. Exactly. On a pizza. What are you putting? You get two toppings. What do you got? Two toppings? Yep. Okay. Wow. It's a split between... What? Oh, it's a split between pepperoni... <laughs> so complicated. No. Pepperoni yeah, or bacon. No. Pepperoni or bacon with jalapenos. Okay. Okay. Oh, I like wow. that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Frank, what are you going with? Yeah, I get a pint of milk for the jalapenos. Uh, I will go with mozzarella and... Uh, um, Oh, why do you call that uh, Spanish sausage? I forgot the name. The Spanish. You know the spicy one. Like a chorizo. A chorizo. Spanish. Yes, oh. chorizo. Chorizo. Chorizo is very good. Mm. What's that other sausage, the spicy sausage you put in a pizza that they have? It's like an Italian sausage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's I don't like Italian sausage. No? No. So yours is just like a You don't like regular... Italian sausage. Aye. He would put Scottish sausages on. He'd put them in the frying pan. Correct. Fry them. <laughs> Right, yeah. good old Scottish way, grease everywhere, chuck them in the yeah. top of the pizza. What's it like? Scottish sauce. Scottish links, they're fantastic. Okay. Nice and soft and tasty. Jimmy asks, ooh, another one for Frank. Your GIF has started some discussion, as with you being an exceptional prospect for a movie villain. Oh, oh. What would your evil GIF. plan GIF. entail? What's GIF? We're gonna watch What is GIF. a GIF? It's yeah, what's a, a GIF? It's a GIF? Like a a GIF animated a... picture. What's a GIF? Well, I think we have it queued up here. This is from Frank the other day. Ah. When the green oh, screen went. Uh, <laughs> hey, Sebi. Hold on. He doesn't know what a GIF is. I have no idea what a GIF is. You know what a GIF is. You know what a... why, why, why do I know what a GIF is? You go on your phone, it'll save them. <laughs> I feel like this is definitely going to be kind of a meme. Frank, what do you think? Are you famous yet in France for that? Uh, I've, not, I've got no ideas whatsoever what would be... Uh, for me to be an exceptional prospect for movie villain. What would be my evil plan until... I don't know. I don't have any clue. I'm sorry. I don't have any clue. I don't know what, what to, to answer to that. Well, yeah. Boy, I'd be lying if I told you I knew what GIF stood for. See the two of you sitting there all, all cocky giving all that. What you are we doing? What, what, is? what are we doing? Yeah. Well, he's having to look it up. That's I'm it. not looking it up. I'm close here. That's like a GIF. Right? Well, come on then, what does it stand for? I don't know what it stands for, oh, but I know what it is. I know what it is. I don't know what it stands Look, nobody for. comes to us for technology. Well, there's Let's no get point to... in knowing what it is if you don't know what it stands for. Do you know what it stands for? It stands for, and do not have pineapple on your pizza. Okay. You know, you know what else it stands for? We're finished. That's it. No more questions. We're going to leave our viewers with the beautiful images of this gif of Frank LeBeau. <laughs> Lost in the green screen. Uh, we'll be back for tomorrow's edition of ESPN FC. We'll hope you join us. Catch it right here on ESPN Plus.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 